This is the Business Cast, the podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and companies with velocity, and powered by the DMZ, North America's top tech incubator. Here's your host, Canada's leading business podcaster, chartered accountant, and CPA, Robert Gold. Once again, from high atop the Business Cast Podcast Center in Toronto, live and in the morning, we're way off to the east. I can see Wood Point, New Brunswick. I'm Robert Gold, Managing Partner of Bennett Gold, LLP, Chartered Accounts and CPAs in Toronto, and this podcast is powered by the DMZ. That's dmz.ryerson.ca. Today, I am really excited. Brennan McEachran is with us. Brennan is the founder and CEO, Soapbox Innovations, Inc., SoapboxHQ.com. Brennan, welcome to the Business Cast. Thanks for having me here. I am really interested to speak to you. You've done something pretty interesting. Your website says collect ideas and feedback from your employees, which might go against the grain of a lot of employers. But let's step back a bit. Tell us about yourself, how you came to found Soapbox, and there's a real interesting story about how you reached out to Ryerson's president at the time. I actually started Soapbox when I was in Ryerson University. And in my second year, I had a few suggestions, as did my friend. We found ourselves blankly staring at each other of what to do with these, what we thought of as pretty decent suggestions on how to make the school better. So of course, we all went our own separate ways that night, and I couldn't fall asleep because the feedback that we had was percolating in my head. And I woke up at about 1 a.m. and figured, all right, I can send an email here. At the time, I was thinking, should I send this email? This is a really strange email to send. What am I even doing? I sent that email, and when I woke up, I had a flashing one next to my inbox and had this, oh, crap moment. What have I done? It was the president saying, hey, Brennan, it's Sheldon Levy. I'd love to hear what you got. This is a great opportunity, and I might as well make the most of it. And went to my groups of friends and classes and said, hey, I have the opportunity to pitch some suggestions to the admin here at the school and give me your best and I'll carry it to the president's office for you. So ended up going to that meeting, going through the list of suggestions that the students had, and I ranked them which ones I think could make the most impact and which ones the students cared about the most. To my amazement, Sheldon, the president, was gobbling these up. This is a great idea. Why aren't we doing this? He's firing off emails. He's asking questions. He's as engaged as you can imagine someone like that being. And kind of recognizing the fact that this was going so well, I pulled out a mock-up that I'd made the night before, and I pushed it across the table, and I said, Sheldon, wouldn't it be great if we could give every student at Ryerson the same opportunity you've just given me right now? to take the best ideas from the hallways and classrooms of the school and bring them to the office of the president and try to make Ryerson the most innovative school. His face lit up and at the time said, have you heard about this little thing we're starting called the Digital Media Zone? Started building that app effectively that I pitched him that day, building it in the DMZ. And if you know anything about that place at Ryerson, CEOs and executives from Bay Street and across Canada come through and you know, get the opportunity to pitch them your product. And very quickly we realized, hey, employees have the exact same issue that students have at this university and wouldn't it be great if we could connect them to leaders and CEOs and VPs from across the organization and really make some change at these big companies. And so that's kind of how it all started and intertwined with Ryerson's president and the DMZ and how we evolved to take on the ever-evolving problems of gathering employee feedback at scale. So you started the DMZ, but you since moved out of the DMZ. How many employees do you have now? So we're a little over 30 employees. Have a question for you. You grew Soapbox into a company very quickly. Now you have 30 employees. How do you keep your team tight and focused from management to your interns? 
you know, the first thing is, is we're in pretty tight-knit quarters, so um, they have to be tight-knit almost physically. But on top of that, we do a lot of different team activities that also involve work. The main thing to really think about when it comes to engaging your employees and keeping everyone tight-knit and connected and growing in the same direction is that engagement and work are not different. If you can create ways of work to be engaging, not just necessarily fun, but processes that require engagement, then it becomes a lot more automatic, habitual, and routine. And the short answer there is just create processes and habits within the organization where collisions happen between people. And the more collisions we create, the more opportunity there is for everyone to know what's happening. Now, I've been reading some pretty interesting things recently regarding work environments. And companies like Deloitte's massive accounting firm got rid of all the walls, big open space. Local CA firm like ours, we have open spaces and we've got private offices. And the whole spiel had been for millennials in the last while, we want open spaces, collaborative, we want to work together. But the next generation coming up, the Gen Zs or Zs as they're calling them in the press now, they want individual spaces. They're used to doing things on their own, one-on-one to a screen, not working collaboratively. How is your perspective changing as we bring in the next generation? It's, it's real interesting now. We've got multi-generational work environments, and you're going to be working with people that are just about to start, and they're not going to be working the same way the millennials are working. Yeah, you got it. I mean, the model we have within our office is kind of a hybrid. The reality is in order to get everything done, you kind of have to fall into a hybrid anyways. We have a lot of collision zones and shared workspaces, and our whole office is a very open concept. But we also have what we call them phone booths, but they're basically the size of the old phone booth, and there's windows on them. They're quiet. You can get a little bit of noise canceling in there and make a phone call. You can go in there and just work privately on a task. So in a way, what we've done is made them shared offices that you're not going to want to sit in all day because they're about the size of a closet. And what happens is you get a, a bunch of work done and then you can come out and share what you've been working on and talk to people. And so you almost have your own desk, which is open concept. And then there are these quiet working zones, which are kind of distraction-free spaces. And that's probably the best way of working for us. And I'm glad to hear the next generation can fit within that. But people, just like workspaces, everything has to stay fluid. And we'll constantly be changing and focusing on just what's working for us. So from a practical perspective, Soapbox has been adopted by many major corporations, Indigo to Coca-Cola. Can you share a couple of the significant challenges you face? You're a local company, but you're providing solutions to major corporations, including Fortune 500 companies. Give us a couple of the challenges that you faced head on. The most interesting thing is we're in Toronto. There's a lot of positives being in the city. The talent pool is amazing. We have access to everything we need in order to build a global business. We're not flying out to meet our customers very often. We're doing a lot of video conferencing. We're doing a lot of telephone and online sales. In order to overcome that, we have to be really data-driven and really look at the conversion rates and analytics platforms to make sure that all of these funnels are performing and working properly. The bonuses of that is to do a lot more remote things. We can have employees work from home. But I think the most interesting problems that we've bumped into are actually in working with larger companies and helping them manage the shift of workforces and manage the shift of millennials coming into the workforce and Gen Zs coming into the workforce and how they want to work and how they want their businesses to work. Some of our larger companies are a little bit slower to change and don't necessarily have the exact same access technology that we have. And so the most interesting things that we've bumped into challenge-wise are some of the challenges that our customers have been into. So I'm interested in cultural differences because you're dealing again with the multinationals and local businesses. Are you finding cultural differences between those two groups when you start to bring Soapbox inside? 
we have customers in Australia, we have customers in Canada, we have customers down the street in America. We have businesses with 100 employees and businesses that have 50, 60, 70, 80,000 employees. There are a lot of cultural differences in how work gets done. The one thing I think unites them all is that they're all people. At the end of the day, they're all just humans that show up to work and try to do a good job. And I think that's maybe unique to every business in a certain sense, but they all have the same basic human needs. They want to be listened to. They want to be a part of a community that cares about them and that's looking out for their best interests. Even though some of them are 50,000 person companies that have very structured, scheduled communications, and some of them are much smaller businesses that are a lot more unstructured and laissez-faire about how things are communicated. The main problem in sharing feedback and getting ideas from employees is really the same thing, and it doesn't necessarily matter how big you are. If you work for a company and they're ignoring your ideas or not paying attention to the front lines, you're going to have troubles culturally, and if you can listen to your employees and start acting on some of what the front line is saying, slowly but surely, your culture kind of picks itself up by the bootstraps and starts marching in the right direction. We started this conversation off by me reading from the Soapbox website. Collect ideas and feedback from employees. We make it easier to act on employee input that drives real results. And yet we said also that employees and employers may not necessarily be aligned. So I'm curious, what tips would you share with our audience, national audience of entrepreneurs, if they wanted to introduce a product into the marketplace that affects both management and employees? Those groups may have differing agendas. That's the main problem, actually, that we try to solve. Those groups may have different agendas, but in reality, especially for the entrepreneurs, if you're building a business, that's what you want to avoid. What you really want is those groups to have the same agenda and be marching in the same direction and working on the same goals and metrics. And when they do have different agendas and are fighting each other, then you have what I think of as active disengagement. And sometimes that can be really terrible where your employees are fighting management and management's fighting employees. Three tips when doing something like this is... Start small. You don't have to overnight jump into the deep end and say, how do we turn this ship around? Start small. Start in an area that wants to listen. Certain functions are more set up to listen. Things like Salesforce enablement customer experience. If you can kind of start in those areas, and those areas being places that are more set up to listen, then you can create a little bit of trust. What I mean by that is if you're going to ask people for feedback, you're going to ask people for their ideas, put on guardrails or or qualify that ask by asking for ideas and feedback that you can actually implement. If you're asking, hey, what's a new business model we should go pursue? The reality is you're probably not going to have budgets to pursue most of them. But if you ask them, hey, what's one thing we can do for less than 10 bucks that will help our customers have a better experience at our company. That's something that frontline employees, middle management, and executives are going to be highly aligned on. Those ones are fairly easy to implement. And if you add up some of those ideas and you really look at them, they could be quick wins that have substantial benefit and haven't really disrupted any major processes or workflows that would exist within your company. By doing that, you build trust. And then once you have that trust, it's like a muscle, right? And you just work that out. You pick up you know, larger topics or larger weights, put them down, pick up bigger topics and even larger weights. And eventually, you get your culture into a place where it can really move the needle on some pretty hefty and hard challenges. So I really like to think of it as just like working out. Start small and eventually you'll be able to pick up those heavier weights or go on longer runs. The key is start small, Focus on things that are implementable or completable and 
what types of things can you complete? Ask for feedback around that first. Build that trust. And then in about a year, you might be able to get to a culture where you can ask employees whatever is on their mind and uh, direct that into the right group. And there's kind of that organizational muscle there to handle feedback at that scale. And what's exciting to me is it's all started off as a one o'clock in the morning email from a kid that thought, holy crap, maybe I shouldn't have sent that. And now you're affecting and improving the lives of people at Coca-Cola. Brennan McEachran, founder and CEO, Soapbox Innovations, Inc., SoapboxHQ.com. Brennan, thanks for being a guest on the Business Cast powered by the DMZ. Thanks for having me. That was great fun. Until next time, I'm Robert Gold, Managing Partner of Bennett Gold LLP, Chartered Accountants and CPAs in Toronto. If you want to know what a great CA firm can do for your accelerating business, if you want to see what our collision zones are, check us out at bennettgold.ca. See you next time. Good morning, everyone, and good night, Woodpoint, New Brunswick. You've been listening to the Business Cast, powered by the DMZ, and brought to you by Bennett Gold LLP, Chartered Accountants, and CPAs. Incubating, accelerating, succeeding. You need Bennett Gold. Check them out at bennettgold.ca.